restaurant in Ashland, Massachusetts. Serves traditional and authentic Japanese ramen, Thai noodle soups, and the best chicken wings in the Metro West. Everything's done in-house from scratch, and they use only the highest quality products from small farms. Co-chef owners, Papanook and Alan McIntosh, combine their culinary skills with traditional Japanese cuisine to create an authentic, amazing flavor in every dish. Located at 1 West Union Street on Ashland, Massachusetts, their phone number is 508-309-3416. Or they can be located on Facebook at Dorgan Ramen Ashland and on their website as well. www.dorganramen.com Welcome back to another exciting episode of the Vampire Movie Minute Podcast. I am your host, Dr. Chris. And I'm Scott Danielson. And we are continuing our coverage on the 1985 sci-fi horror movie, Life Force. And we begin these minutes, minutes 25 to 30, with uh, the back shot of Matilda May. She walks away, and a uh, our, uh, one of our main characters being interrogated by the uh, recently um, added uh, new person to the movie, Colonel King. Or Kang. Is it King or Kang? Kane. Kane. Okay, we'll get to him eventually. So uh, we begin with uh, Matilda walking away, showing us our the backside, and two guards not understanding what a naked woman looks like, or understanding that there's a naked woman just walking around the complex. Yeah, they are. They, they seem very taken aback. Uh, they, they're kind of joking about the fact that uh, that oh, she's naked. We have to we have to stop her. Like, what's going on? And they're like, yeah, no, she's naked. Please stop her. <laughs> Did you ever see, and I'm sure you have, Superman 2, when NASA calls the guys on the moon, call back to NASA, and uh, he's like, it's a girl. And of course, NASA's like, I think he said it's a curl. What's a curl? But it's a girl. It's uh, Ursa, one of General Zod's uh, minions on the moon. Oh, yeah, yeah. NASA can't figure out what the hell they're saying. (laughs) That's what that reminded me of. Can you imagine if Zod and the goons just showed up naked on the moon? Yeah, that'd be a bit much. That'd be a different movie, huh? When they left Very the Phantom Zone, they, their clothes just got stripped off. <laughs> a very different, slightly, yeah, the tone changes a bit there. Okay, so we have these two guards. Do we know who these two guards' names are? No, they're so bad at naming guards. Uh, I tried to track down, but it's it's really difficult. They're just... I, I just call them King Cockney because they're just like, oh, you think there's a guy here? There's a girl coming. Oh, okay. Like, <laughs> it might be. Can you do, can we get you a copy of, um? I just, I don't know, maybe some William Shakespeare and you just do the whole play that way? Oh, goodness. That that would be, that would be a lot. Because we are not to be right. Like, well, we have. <laughs> Holy shit. So they try to offer the girl a cookie, and she's just like staring at him, like I'm gonna fucking eat you alive. <laughs> and they're just—they're like, not like yeah. hypnotized by her breast or her beauty or her nakedness. They're just like cookie, parrot. <laughs> yeah, so that one guy. Yeah, he 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 approaches her like you would approach an unfamiliar dog. Like it's so weird. <laughs> or a child. <laughs> she just yeah, like, like bug eyes the hell out of him. Yeah, bug eyes the hell out of him, and then basically like force chokes the first guy, and then 
Yeah, she just she just starts tossing these dudes around, or you know, that one guy starts holding his throat, another guy just says like, "Make it stop, make it stop," and it's not quite clear what she's doing, but she's just going about her business as you know, like her eyes light up briefly before she does it, but that seems to be the indicator that it's about to go down, and that's when she takes care of him. And then she force breaks the glass with her immense awesome beauty. Mm. <laughs> yes, the glass that's... cannot contain her nakedness. Yes, and it's it's so powerful that it breaks not just the window in front of her, which she needs to break, but the entire like panel, like the entire wall of glass. Um, would it have been like an? Should it have been? Would it have been too much like Looney Tunes if it was like an outline? You ever seen that cartoon with Bugs Bunny? He's got the uh, the glass cutter and he cuts the uh, frame out to make him pass through it perfectly. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think he's under a cup too that a giant has captured him in. <laughs> Oh, yeah, something like that, yeah. And everyone is breathing so heavy because then we have the minister, like, running out there after he sees what happens, and everyone's breath is shown. It must be freezing for her. She is stark naked. Yeah, definitely, definitely very cold for her. And uh, I I thought it was interesting that they make a point of, even though you can't visibly see anything, they make the sound of... Like what sounds like shoes crunching on glass as she walks away. She supposedly in the uh, bonus material or on the documentary I've watched about the movie on YouTube, because a couple of people have made YouTube uh, documentaries like uh, Oliver Harper, who, if you're not familiar with, makes a lot of incredibly detailed retrospectives. Um, highly recommend watching all of his work. Just everything he does is just amazing. And he was one of the producers on the documentary I was part of, uh, In Search of Darkness, the 1980s horror documentary. Mm-hmm. And she she had on uh, like rubber sole shoes. Ah, okay. Yeah, so she's walking on the glass. That's obviously also uh, that is that is candy glass, but it could still hurt you. Um, so yeah, but yeah. She's walking on rubber sole shoes. Uh, like what? It's like sugar or something like sugar that. Glass. Or something? That's that's yep, exactly what you just said. Sugar glass. So and she's got uh, uh, flesh tone rubber soles on her feet to walk across it. Um, oh, well, that's good. Also, she is wearing a particular piece of clothing. A fake piece of something. Scott, can you guess what that is? We see it from a certain shot. Oh, no. What? What is it? Her downstairs business is covered by fake pubic hair. Oh, I see. That so is... She's got a merkin in this scene. Correct. She has a fake bush on because she shaved off her entire... She Brazilian waxed her um, vagina and outside of it. And uh, whatever that's called. The... The outside, Brazilian, yeah, yeah, typically what it's called. Okay, so she Brazilian waxed it and then came to set, and they were like, "Oh no!" <laughs> <laughs> so they applied some some very easy to appeal tape, not anything sticky, because of where they place it probably would still hurt. So that she can easily take it on and off, and they they put it in like in a tray or something. <laughs> I see. Well, that's good. Can you imagine being like, do you want to take it off yourself? You could just delicately place it in there. And then you have the person like coming over with a little tiny comb, kind of like, you know, they have like little combs from like mustaches. Do you think they have like little combs just be like, all right, we're just going to, this is uh... I'm sure there's an, I'm sure there's an entire person dedicated to this in Canon films. So <laughs> the luckiest son of a bitch on the planet. <laughs> <laughs> Or a very, or I'm imagining kind of like a like a mid sixties heavy smoking woman. Like okay, oh doll, god, that's disgusting. Ew, and then the whole her whole like area has to smell like someone's nasty ass secondhand cigarettes. That's gross. <laughs> so then Inspector Trenchcoat shows up, and this is Colonel 
uh, Colonel Kane. Um, and who is he played by, and what's he been in? Let's take a look. Colonel Kane here, played by Peter First. Uh, I don't know anything about this actor, but uh, he's the second billing of the entire movie, which I thought maybe we had talked about him before, but I guess we didn't. But I think we mentioned him in the very beginning. Um, you know, he kind of reminds me of, he, he by his IMDb picture, which is probably a more recent picture, and he's still alive today, he looks like Eric, is it, Al, is it Alec or Alan Skarsgård, the father of the Skarsgård brothers, the one that's in the Thor films? Oh, Stellan Skarsgård. Yes, yes, yes. Who's returning, by the way, for Thor uh, Love and Thunder? Because, of course, oh, he fantastic. is. Of course he is. Yeah, Jane Foster is going to be Thor in the movie. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, but he was in The Hunt for Red October, and he's been on The Summer of Rockets, which I'm not familiar with, and Cheat, Victoria, Dickinson. I don't know any of these shows. Yeah, it looks like he was... Yeah, he's been on a bunch of shows, like uh, MI5 he was on. Seems to be a pretty prolific television actor, but it looks like mostly British television, so I think it's a little I'm a little less familiar with it. And he asks, um, what, what, what's the name of the guy that was uh, befuddled by her beauty? Uh, Bukowski. Yes. He asks Bukowski, how did the girl overpower him? And he says by her beauty, her overwhelming presence, her sexuality. She didn't said, do anything other than stare at him. Yeah, well, she, he said it was... Her overwhelming effemininity, I think, something the phrase he used. And he called it a sexually horrible um, uh, presence. Like, I yeah, guess said, so. Yeah, considering he, he knows what she can do. Yeah, he said He said it, yeah, the, the, the colonel asked, was it sexual? And then he says, yes, it was, and it was awful. <laughs> I didn't like any minute of it whatsoever. Now, if you excuse me, I have to go yeah. see a priest. <laughs> yeah, and then and father, then please forgive me. Just, I had unholy thoughts about a woman that I found in outer space. Yeah, <laughs> lay and off my the salt, part, my son. Then say ten hail marys. Yes. <laughs> and, and my favorite is that is that Colonel Kane just kind of just like, all right, I guess that's a thing, and then just moves straight on into how. Okay, so how did the the shuttle what happened with the shuttle how did that happen oh it's a giant cover up and 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 uh what's his name the um who is this is this sir is this sir percy the guy with the, is that the guy with the the t uh, I think this is I think this is Doctor Hans Falada. That's okay, with, uh, Bukowski. That's right. That's right. Uh, Frank Fenlay's character Hans uh, Falada is sitting yeah, there the drinking quaff. tea the entire time. Very British yes. thing. <laughs> Very British. <laughs> Extremely British. Just sitting there drinking tea while he's getting the debriefing about how the girl escaped. And he says, mm-hmm. and the last line is, um, uh, three well, cases containing. Wait, what? What's the last line before it, it ends? Yeah, basically they're they're going through uh, what happened, and so they say, oh, like what happened to the tapes? It's like the tapes are still in, in you know, the tapes survived the fire, didn't they? And they're like, no, that was their cover story. Uh, they were actually erased. And then Colonel Kane's like, okay, so what happened up there? And they're like, well, the oxygen ignited. And he's like, okay. And they're like, but there an escape pod went out. And he goes, okay, did the fire cause that? It's just a it's a pretty big exposition dump. And so then he. Confer- and then they're like, no, you, you, it wouldn't set off the fire. And then he's asking, and they're like, it was a pretty, it burned very hot. And he goes, yeah, and yet the cases were, were containing the three bodies were untouched. And then end of end of uh, minute 30 right there. That is the end of these minutes for the uh, Vampire Movie Minute podcast tonight. And I think this is the last we'll see him until the May for quite a while. <laughs> yeah, just her influence reigns. Basically. Um, you know, 
if this, if you remember in Species when uh, Natasha Hentridge's character escaped, we really got a view into her, you know, thoughts on the real world because she'd never been exposed to it before. And and the uh-huh. movie takes us through her journey to find a mate. I would have loved to have like a journey through the eyes of the space girl to understand what she thinks of the real world because we only get it whenever she's got to like suck the energy out of someone. Yeah, it's kind of it's it's interesting. I think you could you could. This is going to be a leap, but uh, you could make an argument that, like, uh, Under the Skin kind of does something akin to what Matilda May does. Yes! Oh, my God! You're right! I completely forgot about the ni- uh, 19, uh, 2015, 16? Uh, it was, no, 2000, it was, okay, she was in Avengers Age of Ultron, pregnant, and she did that movie, Under the Skin, just prior to Age of Ultron, because she was like, okay, I'm pregnant, let's do this. Mm-hmm. I remember reading an article saying that she decided to do that movie with all the nude scenes because she just found out she was pregnant, and it was like, all right, might as well do it now. Yeah. But you're absolutely 100% right. I completely forgot about Under the Skin. What an amazing and beautifully intoxicatingly erotic, horrific movie, too. Yeah, exactly. I mean, good God. I mean, what's her name? Uh, Scarlett Johansson, ScarJo, has this, like, robotic way that she walks when she's naked versus when she has clothes on. Do you notice that? Yeah, no, it's it's very interesting because she she starts off so stiff, and then as she progressively learns to behave more human, she walks more human. But anytime she's, you know, anytime she's nude or undressing, she's it's, it's, it's a lure. So she's not really, you know, she's luring people into or fellows into this pit where they're taken apart or whatever. It's interesting because it's so non, there's so little dialogue within the film. There's it's, it's almost no dialogue within the within the entire movie. And it really works because you're just relying on what's happening and, you know, the, the difference in what happens, you know, from point A to point B. But here in life force, it's like, okay, we, we just, we don't. We're not really. We're getting vague notions of just like just a woman walking into the, in the into the woods. We don't really know what's going to happen next. So it's all over the place. I do also remember ScarJo talking about that she went out of her way to cast people uh, who had incredibly different body types than her. But she has like a ten out of a hundred body, obviously in this in that movie. Um, mm-hmm. She went out of her way to cast people who had like who were fat, uh, who were, um, you know, deformed, um, you know, different ethnicities. Because remember, there was that one, there was that one guy, she, he, he was like missing part of his face. Yeah, yeah, they make, they make a point. It's, uh, yeah, it's the one person she spares because she seems to feel very, a lot of sympathy for him. So mm. uh, most of the time, she, and it's interesting is that apparently a lot of the dialogue in that movie is just improvised. Right. So they just, yeah, oh, God, I want to rewatch that movie now. I gotta get it on Blu-ray. That's such a great movie, especially when they reveal what she looks like underneath. Oh yeah, that one. That's a. It's a bit creepy. Yeah, I've filmed a actress before um, on a. She's on an invisible surfboard, or it, it's kind of like um. It's also it, it but it, it it's more like a um an ironing board that's made invisible, mm-hmm. and you see this a lot with supermodels, like in Victoria's Secret, who are like walking on water or something, or they're laying on the water, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, it's That's what she's actually walking on, because that's how she's able to walk in like, the water, but it's like a tank or whatever that she's walking across. It's a very small gotcha. tank that's wrapped up in a black, like, or green screen or something like that, just to project, you know, the blackness everywhere. And I've shot uh, uh, women on that before uh, for uh, when I used to take uh, modeling pictures. 
Oh, there you go. Yeah. Do you know what other movies were released in 1985 in June? We've actually kind of gone over these movies once before, but I think that was for the entire year and for the month of November. Uh, let's hear some. Ran. I don't know what that movie's about. The oh, Co- that is, that's a, that's a Akira Kurosawa's uh, take on uh, King Lear. Oh, okay. The giant samurai flick. The Goonies. There you go. Our friend Richard Donner there. Rep. Uh, perfect. Starring, I didn't know these two were in a movie together. Uh, <laughs> Jamie Lee Curtis and John Travolta. Oh, my God. It's, it's, an, it's an aerobics, like, thriller. Oh, okay. So it's, it's uh, really it's really ridiculous. Uh, I'm watching uh, a clip right now of Jamie Lee Curtis like thrusting a lot. So <laughs> yeah, there's it is pretty great. It is uh, if if you're a fan of the How Did This Get Made podcast, it is it is one of their uh, it's a movie they've covered and it is hilarious. So is Life Force, by the way. Mm-hmm. They're as they're as respectful about Life Force as we are trying to be as well. By the way, <laughs> yes. Even the woman yeah. on that even the woman on that podcast is just like I just. This woman's body, I wish. Every woman in 1985 looked at this woman and was just like, how? <laughs> yeah. Uh, we also have Prezini's Honor, which stars um, Jack Nicholson. I don't know what that movie is. That one's, that one's about, basically, it's, uh, it's like a, to imagine a kind of a, a, a higher, a classier Mr. and Mrs. Smith where oh, okay. Jack Nicholson and Kathleen Turner are playing, uh, you know, people who are supposed to kill each other. Oh, basically. okay. Wow. You've seen all of these. Uh, uh, yep. Secret Admirer. That one. I don't know. Okay. The stuff. That one, that one's a classic. It's basically a take on the blob. Yep. Uh, it's a Larry Cohen movie. Yep. Um, but it's yogurt. <laughs> yep. I did a, uh, I had a documentary. Uh, I had the, uh, I'm sorry. I had the, I interviewed the guy who made, um, the uh, King, the Larry Cohen documentary that came out, uh, I think last year. Oh, King Cohen, that's yes. a great one. Saint Elmo's Fire, which is also a movie oh. um, directed by Our Joel Schumacher. Yeah, Joel Schumacher. Uh, Cocoon, which is famous for uh, old people becoming young again and aliens. And talking about boners <laughs> in pools. <laughs> Let me talk to you about diabetes. Mm-hmm. Uh, Life Force, of course. Returned Oz, which starred a very young uh, Perusa Balk from The Craft, who just recently returned, unfortunately, for The Craft Legacy, which was a giant oh. fucking piece of shit. And I'm going to say that, and I don't care what the hate says about my opinion about that, <laughs> but most people I know do not like The Craft Legacy. <laughs> That's fair. Uh, the Emerald Forest. I have never heard of this movie before. I'm, I'm think I'm looking at the same page you are, and I am. I've Baffle. never even. I have no idea what this is. Pale Rider. Pale Rider. I know that's a that's a Clint Eastwood western. He plays like a minister, hence pale. Like he literally rides a pale horse into town. In the final movie, Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome, which was the final Mad Max film until um, Fury Road came out. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. I don't know which one of these. Where was we the- met Master Blaster. I, I want to say that I got to think, and I'm not looking it up just yet. Maybe we'll look it up at a different episode. But I got to say, say, The Goonies probably had to been the highest grossing movie that month. And we'll cover other things that happened in this year or this month, a connection to Life Force and another episode coming up. We got a lot of episodes with this show because this movie is very long. Um, it's 151 minutes, too, because we're doing the extra long version of it, too. So if you are following us long, don't forget we are covering it on the Scream Factory release, which does contain the original theatrical release and the special edition. The special edition also has commentaries with Toby Hooper and the special effect makeup artist, too, who is still with us, I believe. Hooper has, of course, unfortunately passed away. If you'd like mm-hmm. to check out the other episodes, 
episodes we've ever done, go to RadioHorror.com or Vampire Movie Minute on Stitcher, iTunes, and Google Play. And you can find us on what accounts? We're at uh, I'm at Scott C. Danielson, but we're and our general account is Vampire Minute. And on Twitter. Yep, and I'm at Chris D. SAV. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in to the Vampire Movie Minute Podcast. We'll be back in next week. Catch you next time. Do you love what you hear on the podcast? Please go to Buy a Cup of Coffee. The Radio Horror link is in the show notes, or it's on top of the Twitter page. Or you can just go to buymeacupofcoffee.com backslash Radio Horror. And you can help support Goth Girl Horror and the other podcasts here on the Radio Horror Network. Donations go towards cloud service and new equipment. Thank you. Thank <laughs> you.